This is What The Flux. I'm Brett. And I'm Justin. And it's Thursday the 6th of May. Justin, ScoMo has copped a fair whack for Australia's travel ban on India. Mm -hmm. And now Indian Australian business leaders are saying there is a genuine risk to the trade and business relationship between Australia and India. Hope it's not China (laughs) 2.0 for Australia's sake. Hope not. Brett, Apple made a big hurrah about its new AirTags just a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. But they're off to a false start. What? Yep, Officeworks has removed the AirTags from its shelves because of concerns that the small battery could pose oh. a choking hazard to children. Definitely concerning Apple HQ, that's sort of news, <laughs> Justin. Three really high-value stories today, Justin. Let's do it. For our first, Qantas, Virgin and Rex Airlines are fighting it out in an intense price war as all three airlines try to attract Aussies back mm. into flying again. Out of nowhere, this one. What is the story? Well, it all started on Monday, Justin, when Rex Airlines fired the first shot. Now, Brett, this is the same Rex Airlines that was known for their regional flights exclusively until last year. And Rex does stand for Regional <laughs> Express. But as of this week, Rex started offering flights between Sydney and Melbourne for just $39. Which they said was cheaper than the cost of catching a bus between the two capital cities. Bold call. Very bold. And right on cue, Virgin Australia copied the deal of record low airfares <laughs> until December this year. But wait, Juzzy boy, there's more. Mm-hmm. Just when you thought there was too much to handle, Qantas got involved via their budget brand Jetstar. And Qantas went lower than Nelly's pants in the hot and here video $30 until the end of August So what is the key learning here? The loss leader strategy is when a company prices a product lower than its production cost and this is in order to attract customers or sell other more expensive products. And some companies use a loss leading strategy when wanting to penetrate new markets to gain market share. Uh, Brett, just a small question though, mm-hmm. what happens when all market participants use the exact <laughs> same loss leading strategy? Uh, well, Usually large companies can actually like afford to do this because they have other products that they can sell profitably to make up for the loss. <laughs> but considering where the aviation industry is at right now, they all lose. And who wins? You betcha. That's me, mm-hmm. you, and the rest of Australia's consumers. For our second story, Krispy Kreme has filed to go public via an IPO, meaning that the company will return to the stock market for the first time in five years after going private. Sugary goodness glazed on top of more sugary goodness. <laughs> Tell me more. All right, some background. Krispy Kreme opened its first store in North Carolina way back in 1937 and today it sells yummy treats in almost 1400 stores across 33 countries. But Justin it hasn't all been so sugary over mm-hmm. the journey. Krispy Kreme first went public in 2000 but later it had to file for bankruptcy slash insolvency. Fast forward to 2016 though and it was bought by privately owned Jab Holding Co for $1.75 <laughs> billion. And now Krispy Kreme is ready to go public again. Look at me here I come. So what's the key learning here? Timing is everything when it comes to an IPO and Krispy Kreme is taking advantage of its moment in the <laughs> sugar. Firstly, in March, Krispy Kreme gained worldwide attention. That was when it announced that customers who have been vaccinated against COVID in the US can get a free donut each day of the year. Secondly, snacks and sweets are on the rise while customers stay at home due to COVID-19 restrictions. And thirdly, Krispy wants to capitalize on the historic boom going on in capital markets at the moment. Companies raised over $200 billion in 2020, and that was a record that could be broken again this year, b
man. And Crispy wants a bite. For our third and final story, drug maker Pfizer generated $4.5 billion in revenue over the first three months of 2021 directly from its COVID vaccine. Ah, the new industry taking the world by storm. <laughs> what is the story here? All right, well, Pfizer is a multinational pharma company that was founded 172 years ago. Now, get this one, Justin. That $4.5 billion in revenue mm-hmm. is almost a quarter of the company's revenue for the last three months. Must be nice when a new product comes out of nowhere to become a quarter <laughs> of all sales. But what's interesting here is that Pfizer decided that, yes, we will profit from the sales of our vaccine. Unlike some of our competitors. So what is the key learning here? When a for-profit company develops a life-saving product, it needs to make a decision whether to prioritise its shareholders. By selling the product to the highest bidder, or in this case, to the highest paying country. Or the betterment of society. By selling the product to those who need it most. As we know, Brett, the Pfizer vaccine, with its 95% effectiveness against COVID, is in hot demand. But supposedly, it's disproportionate proportionately reaching the world's rich because they are paying more to access the vaccine first. According to the World Health Organization, low-income countries have received just 0.2% of all COVID-19 shots. And although more than 700 million vaccine doses have been administered globally, richer countries have received more than 87% mm. of those. Flux family, we've been running the numbers and it turns out we've given away more than $6,000 in cash prizes all due to our game Win the Week. All you need to do is save $25 for your chance to win $100 this week. And there are three guaranteed winners every week. So head to the Flux app to play this week. Thanks for listening and we'll see you tomorrow.